Act Five, Part Two of Peer Gynt by Henrik Ibsen, translated by William and Charles Archer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters, Act Five, Part Two. Old Peer Gynt. Read by Lars Rolander. Sulvai. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. The Button Moulder. Read by Dublin Gothic. The Old Man. Read by Ron Altman. The Lean One. Read by Patrick Wallace. Churchgoers. Read by Goldfish. Narrator. Read by Cynthia Moyer. Act Five, Scene Seven. Another part of the heath. Pergint sings. A sexton, a sexton, where are you, Hans? A song from praying presenter mouse. Around your hat brim a morning band. My dead are many. I must follow their peers. The button moulder, with a box of tools and a large casting ladle, comes from a side path. Well met, old gaffer. Good evening, friend. The man's in a hurry. Why, where is he going? To a grave feast. Indeed. My sight's not very good. Excuse me. Your name doesn't chance to be Pear. Pergint, as the saying is. That I call luck. It's precisely Per Gint I am sent for tonight. You're sent for? What do you want? Do I see here? I'm a button moulder. You're to go into my ladle. And what to do there? To be melted up. To be melted? Here it is, empty and scoured. Your grave is dug ready, your coffin bespoke. The worms in your body will live at their ease. But I have orders, without delay, on master's behalf, to fetch in your soul. It can't be like this without any warning. It's an old tradition at burials and births, to appoint in secret the day of the feast, with no warning at all to the guest of honour. Ay, ay, that's true. All my brains a whirl you are. Why, I told you, a button moulder. I see. A pet child has many nicknames. So that's it, Pear. It is there you're to harbour. But these, my good man, are most unfair proceedings. I'm sure I deserve better treatment than this. I'm not nearly so bad as perhaps you think. I've done a good deal of good in the world. At worst you may call me a sort of a bungler. But certainly not an exceptional sinner why that is precisely the rub my man you're no sinner at all in the higher sense that's why you're excused all the torture pangs and land like others in the casting ladle give it what name you please call it ladle or pool spruce ale and swipes they are both of them beer a vaunt from me satan you can't be so rude as to take my foot for a horse's hoof on horse's hoof or on fox's claws 
be off and be careful what you're about my friend you're making a great mistake we're both in a hurry and so to save time i'll explain the reason of the whole affair you are with your own lips you told me so no sinner on the so-called heroic scale scarce middling even ah now you're beginning to talk common sense just have patience a bit but to call you virtuous would be going too far well you know i have never laid claim to that you're nor one thing nor other then only so-so a sinner of really grandiose style is nowadays not to be met on the highways it wants much more than merely to wallow in mire for both vigour and earnestness go to a sin ah uh, it's very true that remark of yours one has to lay on like the old berserkers you friend on the other hand took your sin lightly only outwardly friend like a splash of mud i will soon be at one now the sulphur pool is no place for you who but plashed in the mire and in consequence friend i can go as i came no in consequence friend i must melt you up what tricks are these that you hit upon at home here while i've been in foreign parts the customs as old as the snake's creation it's designed to prevent loss of good material you've worked at the craft you must know that often a casting turns out to speak plainly mere dross the buttons for instance have sometimes no loop to them what did you do then flung the rubbish away ah yes john gint was well known for a waster so long as he dought left in wallet or purse but master you see he is thrifty he is and that is why he's so well to do he flings nothing away as entirely worthless that can be made use of as raw material now you were designed for a shining button on the vest of the world but your loop gave way so into the waste-box you needs must go and then as they phrase it be merged in the mass you're surely not meaning to melt me up with dick tom and harry into something new that's just what i do mean and nothing else we've done it already to plenty of folks at kongsberg they do just the same with money that's been current so long that its stamps worn away but this is the wretchedest miserliness my dear good friend let me get off free a loopless button a worn-out farthing what is that to a man in your master's position oh so long and in as much as the spirit's in one one always has value as so much metal no i say no with both teeth and claws i'll fight against this sooner anything else but what else come now be reasonable you know you're not airy enough for heaven i'm not hard to content i don't aim so high but i won't be deprived of one doit of myself have me judged by the law in the old-fashioned way for a certain time place me with him of the hoof say a hundred years come the worst to the worst that now is a thing that one surely can bear for they say the torment is only moral so it can't after all be so pyramidal it is as tis written a mere transition and as the fox said 
one waits there comes an hour of deliverance one lives in seclusion and hopes in the meantime for happier days but this other notion to have to be merged like a moat in the carcass of some outsider this casting ladle business this skin cessation it stirs up my innermost soul in revolt bless me my dear pair there is surely no need to get so wrought up about trifles like this yourself you never have been at all then what does it matter you're dying right out have i not been i could almost laugh pergint then has been something else i suppose no button moulder you judge in the dark if you could but look into my very reins you'd find only peer there and peer all through nothing else in the world no nor anything more it's impossible here i have got my orders look here it is written pergint shalt thou summon he has set at defiance his life's design clap him into the ladle with other spoilt goods what nonsense they must mean some other person is it really peer is it not rasmus or john it is many a day since i melted them so come quietly now and don't waste my time i'll be damned if i do Aye, it would be a fine thing if it turned out to-morrow someone else was meant you'd better take care what you're at my good man think of the onus you are taking upon you i have it in writing at least give me time what good would that do you i'll use it to prove that i've been myself all the days of my life and that's the question that's in dispute you'll prove it and how why by vouchers and witnesses i'm sadly afraid master will not accept them impossible however enough for the day my dear man allow me alone of myself i'll be back again shortly one is born only once and oneself as created one fain would stick to come are we agreed very well then so be it but remember we meet at the next crossroads. Pergint runs off. End of scene seven. Act five, scene eight. A further point on the heath. Pear running hard. Time is money, as the scripture says. If I only knew where the crossroads are, they may be near and they may be far. The earth burns beneath me like red-hot iron. A witness, a witness! Oh, where shall I find one? It's almost unthinkable here in the forest. The world is a bungle, a wretched arrangement, when a man must prove a right that's as patent as day. An old man bent with age with a staff in his hand and a bag on his back is trudging in front of him the old man stops dear kind sir a trifle to a houseless soul excuse me i've got no small change in my pocket prince peer oh to think we should meet again who are you you forget the old man in the ronde 
why you're never the king of the dover my boy the dover king really the dover king speak oh i've come terribly down in the world ruined i plundered of every stiver here am i tramping it starved as a wolf hooray such a witness doesn't grow on the trees my lord prince too has grizzled a bit since we met my dear father-in-law the years gnaw and wear one well well a truce to all private affairs and pray above all things no family jars i was then a sad madcap oh yes oh yes his highness was young and what won't one do then but his highness was wise in rejecting his bride he saved himself thereby both worry and shame for since then she's utterly gone to the bad indeed she has led a deplorable life and just think she and trond are now living together which trond of the valfield it's he aha it was he i cut out with the setter girls but my grandson has flourished grown both stout and great and has strapping children all over the country now my dear man spare us this flow of words i've something quite different troubling my mind i've got into rather a ticklish position and am greatly in need of a witness or voucher that's how you could help me best father-in-law and i'll find you a trifle to drink my health with you don't say so can i be of use to his highness you'll give me a character then in return most gladly i'm somewhat hard pressed for cash and must cut down expenses in every direction now here what's the matter no doubt you remember that night when i came to the rondo a wooing why of course my lord prince oh no more of the prince but no matter you wanted by sheer brute force to bias my sight with a slit in the lens and to change me about from pergyn to troll what did i do then i stood out against it swore i would stand on no feet but my own love power and glory at once i renounced and all for the sake of remaining myself now this fact you see you must swear to in court no i'm blessed if i can why what nonsense is this you surely don't want to compel me to lie you pulled on the troll breeches don't you remember and tasted the mead ay you lured me seductively but i flatly declined the decisive test and that is the thing you must judge your man by it's the end of the ditty that all depends on but it ended peer just in the opposite way what rubbish is this when you left the ronde you inscribed my motto upon your scutcheon what motto the potent and sundering word the word that which severs the whole race of men from the troll folk troll to thyself be enough pear falls back a step enough and with every nerve in your body 
you've been living up to it ever since what i per gunt the old man weeps oh it's ungrateful of you you've lived as a troll but have still kept it secret the word i taught you has shown you the way to swing yourself up as a man of substance and now you must needs come and turn up your nose at me and the word you've to thank for it all enough a hill troll an egoist this must be all rubbish that's perfectly certain the old man pulls out a bundle of old newspapers i dare say you think that we've no newspapers wait here i'll show you in red and black how the blocksburg post eulogizes you and the hecklefield journal has done the same ever since the winter you left the country do you care to read them you're welcome peer here's an article look you signed stallion hoof and here too is one on troll nationalism the writer points out and lays stress on the truth that horns and a tail are of little importance so long as one has but a strip of the hide our enough he concludes gives the hallmark of trolldom to man and proceeds to cite you as an instance a hill troll i yes that's perfectly clear might as well have stayed quietly where i was might have stayed in the rondo in comfort and peace saved my trouble and toil and no end of shoe leather peer gunt a troll why it's rubbish it's stuff good-bye there's a halfpenny to buy your tobacco nay my good prince peer let me go you're mad or else doting off to the hospital with you oh that is exactly what i'm in search of but as i told you my grandson's offspring have become overwhelmingly strong in the land and they say that i only exist in books the saw says one's kin are unkindest of all i've found to my cost that that saying is true it's cruel to count as mere figment and fable my dear man there are others who share the same fate and ourselves we've no mutual aid society no alms box or penny savings bank in the ronda of course they'd be out of place no that cursed to thyself be enough was the word there oh come now the prince can't complain of the word and if he could manage by hook or by crook my man you've got on the wrong scent entirely i myself as the saying goes fairly cleaned out you surely can't mean it his highness a beggar completely his highness's egos in pawn and it's all your fault you accursed trolls that's what comes of keeping bad company so there came my hope toppling down from its perch again good-bye i had best struggle on to the town what would you do there i will go to the theatre the papers are clamoring for national talents 
good luck on your journey and greet them from me if i can but get free i will go the same way a farce i will write them a mad and profound one its name shall be sic transit gloria mundi he runs off along the road the old man shouts after him end of scene eight act five scene nine at a crossroad now comes the pinch pair as never before this dovish enough has passed judgment upon you the vessels are wrecked one must float with the spars all else only not the spoiled goods heap the button moulder at the crossroad well now pergint have you found your voucher have we reached the crossroad well that's short work i can see in your face as it were on a signboard the gist of the paper before i've read it i got tired of the hunt one might lose one's way yes and what does it lead to after all true enough in the wood and by night as well there's an old man though trudging shall we call him here no let him go he's drunk my dear fellow but perhaps he might hush no let him be well shall we turn to then one question only what is it at bottom this being oneself a singular question most odd in the mouth of a man who just now come a straightforward answer to be oneself is to slay oneself but on you that answer is doubtless lost and therefore we'll say to stand forth everywhere with master's intention displayed like a signboard but suppose a man never has come to know what master meant with him he must divine it but how oft are divinings beside the mark then once carried adundas in middle career that is certain pergint in default of divining the cloven-hoofed gentleman finds his best hook this matter's excessively complicated see here i no longer plead being myself it might not be easy to get it proven that part of my case i must look on as lost but just now as i wandered alone over the heath i felt my conscience through pinching me i said to myself after all you're a sinner you seem bent on beginning all over again no very far from it a great one i mean not only in deeds but in words and desires i've lived a most damnable life abroad perhaps i must ask you to show me the schedule well well give me time i will find out a parson confess with all speed and then bring you his voucher ay if you can bring me that then it is clear you escape this business of the casting ladle but pair i'd my orders the paper is old it dates no doubt from a long past period at one time i lived with disgusting slackness went playing the prophet and trusted in fate well may i try but my dear fellow i'm sure you can't have so much to do here in this district the air is so bracing it adds an ell to the people's ages recollect what the justadol parson wrote it's seldom that any one dies in this valley to the next crossroads then but not a step further 
a priest i must catch if it be with the tongs he starts running end of scene nine act five scene ten a heather-clad hillside with a path following the windings of the ridge this may come in useful in many ways said espen as he picked up a magpie's wing who could have thought one's account of sins would come to one's aid on the last night of all well whether or no it's a ticklish business a move from the frying-pan into the fire but then there's a proverb of well-tried validity which says that as long as there's life there's hope a lean person in a priest's cassock kilted up high and with a birding net over his shoulder comes hurrying along the ridge who goes there a priest with a fowling net high up i'm the spoiled child of fortune indeed good evening herr pastor the path is bad ah yes but what wouldn't one do for a soul aha then there's someone bound heavenwards no i hope he's taking a different road may i walk with our pastor a bit of the way with pleasure i'm partial to company i should like to consult you Haraus, go ahead you see here before you a good sort of man the laws of the state i have strictly observed have made no acquaintance with fetters or bolts but it happens at times that one misses one's footing and stumbles ah yes that occurs to the best of us now these trifles you see only trifles yes from sinning on grow i have ever refrained oh then my dear fellow pray leave me in peace i'm not the person you seem to think me you look at my fingers what see you in them a nail system somewhat extremely developed and now you are casting a glance at my feet pair pointing that's a natural hoof so i flatter myself pear raises his hat i'd have taken my oath you were simply a parson and i find i've the honour well best is best when the hall door stands wide shun the kitchen way when the king's to be met with avoid the lackey your hand you appear to be free from prejudice say on then my friend in what way can i serve you now you mustn't ask me for wealth or power i couldn't supply them although i should hang for it you can't think how slack the whole business is transactions have dwindled most pitiably nothing doing in souls only now and again a stray one the race has improved so remarkably no just the reverse it's sunk shamefully low the majority end in a casting ladle ah yes i heard that ladle mentioned in fact twas the cause of my coming to you speak out if it were not too much to ask i should like a harbour of refuge eh you guessed my petition before i have asked you tell me the business is going awry so i dare say you will not be over particular but my dear my demands are in no way excessive i shouldn't insist on a salary but treatment as friendly as things will permit a fire in your room 
not too much fire and chiefly the power of departing in safety and peace the right as the phrase goes of freely withdrawing should an opening offer for happier days my dear friend i vow i am sincerely distressed but you cannot imagine how many petitions of similar purport good people send in when they are quitting the scene of their earthly activity but now that i think of my past career i feel i've an absolute claim to admission twas but trifles you said in a certain sense but now i remember i've trafficked in slaves there are men that have trafficked in wills and souls but who bungled it so that they failed to get in i've shipped brahma figures in plenty to china mere fustian again why we laugh at such things there are people that ship off far gruesomer figures in sermons in art and in literature yet have to stay out in the cold ah but then do you know i once went and set up as prophet in foreign parts humbug why most people's zeon in splower ends in the casting ladle if you've no more than that to rely upon with the best of good will i can't possibly house you but hear this in a shipwreck i clung to a boat's keel and it is written a drowning man grasps at a straw furthermore it is written you're nearest yourself so i halfway divested a cook of his life it were all one to me if a kitchen-maid you had halfway divested of something else what sort of stuff is this halfway jargon saving your presence who think you would care to throw away dearly bought fuel in times like these on such spiritless rubbish as this there now don't be enraged twas your sins that scoffed at and excuse my speaking my mind so bluntly come my dearest friend banish this stuff from your head and get used to the thought of the casting ladle what would you gain if i lodged you and boarded you consider i know you're a sensible man well you'd keep your memory that's so far true but the retrospect to a recollection's domain would be both for heart and for intellect what the swedes call mighty poor sport indeed you have nothing either to howl or to smile about no cause for rejoicing nor yet for despair nothing to make you feel hot or cold only a sort of a something to fret over it is written it's never so easy to know where the shoe is tight that one isn't wearing very true i have praise be to so-and-so no occasion for more than a single odd shoe but it's lucky we happen to speak of shoes it reminds me that i must be hurrying on i'm after a roast that i hope will prove fat so i really mustn't stand gossiping here and may one inquire then what sort of sin diet the man has been fattened on i understand he has been himself both by night and by day and that after all is the principal point himself then do such folk belong to your parish that depends the door at least stands ajar for them remember in two ways a man can be himself there's a right and wrong side to the jacket you know they have lately discovered in paris a way to take portraits by help of the sun one can either produce a straightforward picture 
or else what is known as a negative one. In the latter the lights and the shades are reversed, and they are apt to seem ugly to commonplace eyes. But for all that the likeness is latent in them, and all you require is to bring it out. If, then, a soul shall have pictured itself in the course of its life by the negative method, the plate is not therefore entirely cashiered, but without more ado they consign it to me. I take it in hand, then, for further treatment, and by suitable methods effect its development. I steam it, I dip it, I burn it, I scour it, with sulphur and other ingredients like that, till the image appears which the plate was designed for, that, namely, which people call positive. But if one like you has smudged himself out, neither sulphur nor potash avails in the least. I see one must come to you black as a raven to turn out a white ptarmigan. Pray, what's the name inscribed neath the negative counterfeit that you're now to transfer to the positive side? The name's Peter Gint. Peter Gint, indeed. Is Herr Gint himself? Yes, he vows he is. Well, he's one to be trusted, that same Herr Peter. You know him, perhaps? Oh, yes, after a fashion. One knows all sorts of people. I'm pressed for time. Where saw you him last? It was down at the Cape. De Buona Speranza. Just so. But he sails very shortly again, if I'm not mistaken. I must hurry off, then, without delay. I only hope I may catch him in time. That Cape of Good Hope, I could never abide it. It's ruined by missionaries from Starvanger. He rushes off southwards. The stupid hound! There he takes to his heels, with his tongue lolling out. He'll be finely sold. It delights me to humbug an ass like that. He to give himself airs, and to lord it forsooth. He's a mighty lot truly to swagger about. He'll scarcely grow fat at his present trade. He'll soon drop from his perch with his whole apparatus. Hmm, I'm not over-safe in the saddle, either. A shooting star is seen. He nods after it. I'm expelled, one may say, from self-owning nobility. Peer all hail from Pergun, brother Starry Flash, to flash forth to go out, and be not at a gulp. Pulls himself together as though in terror, and goes deeper in among the mists. Stillness for a while. Then he cries, is there no one no one in all the turmoil in the void no one no one in heaven he comes forward again further down throws his hat upon the ground and tears at his hair by degrees a stillness comes over him so unspeakably poor then a soul can go back to nothingness into the grey of the mist thou beautiful earth be not angry with me that i trampled thy grasses to no avail thou beautiful sun thou hast squandered away thy glory of light in an empty hut there was no one within it to hearten and warm the owner they tell me was never at home beautiful sun and beautiful earth you were foolish to bear and give light to my mother the spirit is niggard and nature lavish, 
and dearly one pays for one's birth with one's life i will clamber up high to the dizziest peak i will look once more on the rising sun gaze till i'm tired over the promised land then try to get snowdrifts piled up over me they can write above them here no one lies buried and afterwards then let things go as they can churchgoers singing on the forest path oh morning thrice blessed when the tongues of god's kingdom struck the earth like two flaming steel from the earth to his dwelling now the air's song ascendeth in the tongue of the kingdom of god pair crouches as in terror never look there there's all desert and waste i fear i was dead long before i died tries to slink in among the bushes but comes upon the crossroads good morning pere gint where is the list of your sins do you think that i haven't been whistling and shouting as hard as i could and met no one at all not a soul but a tramping photographer well the respite is over ay everything's over the owl smells the daylight just list to the hooting it's the matin bell ringing pear pointing what's that shining yonder only light from a hut and that wailing sound but a woman singing ay there there i'll find the list of my sins the button moulder seizing him set your house in order they have come out of the underwood and are standing near the hut day is dawning set my house in order it's there away get you gone though your ladle was huge as a coffin it were too small i tell you for me and my sins well to the third crossroad pair but then turns aside and goes pair approaches the hut forward and back and it's just as far out and in and it's just as straight stops no like a wild and unending lament is the thought to come back to go in to go home takes a few steps on but stops again round about said the boy hears singing in the hut ah no this time at least right through though the path may be never so straight he runs towards the hut at the same moment solveig appears in the doorway dressed for church with psalm-book wrapped in a kerchief and a staff in her hand she stands there erect and mild pere flings himself down on the threshold hast thou doom for a sinner then speak it forth he is here he is here oh to god be the praise stretches out her arms as though groping for him cry out all my sins and my trespasses in naught hast thou sinned o oh, my own only boy 
gropes for him again and finds him the button moulder behind the house the sinless pergint cry aloud my crime solveig sits down beside him thou hast made all my life as a beautiful song blessed be thou that at last thou hast come blessed thrice blessed our wits and morn meeting then i'm lost there is one that rules all things pear laughs lost unless thou canst answer riddles tell me then tell them come on to be sure canst thou tell where pergint has been since we parted been with his destiny's seal on his brow been as in god's thought he first sprang forth canst thou tell me if not i must get me home go down to the mist-shrouded regions solvay smiling oh that riddle is easy then tell what thou knowst where was i as myself as the whole man the true man where was i with god's seal upon my brow in my faith in my hope and in my love pear starts back what sayst thou peace these are juggling words thou art mother thyself to the man that's there ay that i am but who is his father surely he that forgives at the mother's prayer pear a light shines in his face he cries my mother my wife oh thou innocent woman in thy love oh there hide me hide me clings to her and hides his face in her lap a long silence the sun rises solveig sings softly sleep thou dearest boy of mine i will cradle thee i will watch thee the boy has been sitting on his mother's lap they too have been playing all the life day long the boy has been resting at his mother's breast all the life day long god's blessing on my joy the boy has been lying close into my heart all the life day long he is weary now sleep thou dearest boy of mine i will cradle thee i will watch thee the button moulder's voice behind the house we'll meet at the last cross-road again pair and then we'll see whether i say no more solveig sings louder in the full daylight i will cradle thee i will watch thee sleep and dream thou dear my boy end of scene ten end of act five part two end of per gint by henrik ibsen translated by william and charles archer